Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 4th, 2021. I'm teaching a series entitled Progress on Purpose. Listen, as a believer, first of all, if you're watching this, this video is because you want to make progress, right? You, you are seeking progress, and I'm just saying that we have to be completely intentional about it. Yes, there are many things that God does for us by grace. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. It's amazing. The favor of God goes before us like a shield. But at the end of the day, if we want to make the most of that grace, if you don't want the grace of God towards you to be in vain, if you don't want the grace of God towards you to be wasted, you have to be intentional. You, ha you have to pursue progress on purpose. So I, I believe that God has declared over 2021 new levels that we can level up in every area, every facet, every aspect of our lives. But if we want what God has already provided, if we want what heaven has announced, we're going to have to go get it and we have to go get it by faith. So if you want progress, you have to be intentional. If you want progress, you have to pursue this progress on purpose. All right, so listen. Uh, that said, I've been teaching progress on purpose all year and I'm wrapping up the series this week. And so I told you that we will level up in five areas, spiritually, financially, physically, internally, and externally. And what I'm doing this week is just providing you a series recap real quick of these five areas. Yesterday, we went over leveling up spiritually. Uh, today, the title of today's message is level up financially. So we're going to kind of do a quick recap of what we covered in the financial section on today. And I'll do the same thing for all the other areas. And then we'll close out this series. And next week, we'll start a new series. All right. So we're laying the foundation for 2021. We're going to put a bow on this series this week, leveling up financially. Let's talk about it. What does this mean for you today? Obviously, I have a lot to cover in this area, but I'll try to summarize it. I'll give you four things for this morning. And I know people get funny when you talk about money, but the Bible says more about money than it does about heaven and hell. So we got to talk about it. So four things for you this morning. Number one, here we go. First thing I like to point out, Jesus's answer to poverty. Jesus's answer to poverty. And guess what? Jesus's answer to poverty was not money. No, the answer to poverty is the word of God. I get this from Luke chapter seven In Luke chapter seven, John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, uh, he got frustrated. He said something he probably should not have said. He wound up in jail and he was about to be beheaded. He wanted Jesus, his cousin, who he knew to be the Messiah, to come get him out of jail. But since Jesus was not getting him out of jail, he got frustrated. And he tells his disciples, yo, go to Jesus and say, hey, are you the one or shall we look for another? Right. Dude, you know, he's the one. I mean, you leaped in your mother's womb when, when you were six months in the belly. I mean, it's ridiculous. You knew, like you said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But in his frustration, he said that. But I like Jesus's answer. He says, you go back and tell my cousin this here. This is what you need to tell my cousin, because I'm not going to get him out of jail, by the way. You go back and tell him, listen, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear. The dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor. So let's look at Jesus's answer. So he says, all right, listen, I need you to go back and tell my cousin, yeah, I'm the one, uh, but, but, but I'm the one through these infallible proofs. So what are the infallible proofs? Well, uh, I'm the answer. I'm the answer to the problems of this world. What's the answer? What did Jesus do when someone, someone was lame? Well, he gave them the ability to walk. What's the answer to being lame? Walk. 
What, what did he do with lepers? Well, if they were lepers, boom, clean skin. What did he do with the deaf? They couldn't hear? What's the answer? Hearing, right? What, could he, what did he do with the dead? <laughs> what, he raised them back to life. That, that, so if they were dead, the answer was life. So Jesus was the answer. And then he says, okay, well, I'm the answer. I'm the answer. I'm the answer. I'm the answer. Oh, and, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. So what's the answer to, to the poor? Is the word. Is not money. Jesus never said, hey, come here. Let me give you $5. You know, hey, come here. Let me give you $10. No, Jesus never gave anybody any money. No, Jesus was like, if, if somebody's poor, this is how we minister to the poor. We minister the word. I got to get the good news down in there. What's the good news? That you don't have to be poor no more. If you renew your mind and you apply the word of God to your life on a daily basis. Listen, if I can get the word down inside of you, then you're going to walk out of poverty. You're going to wake up one morning and look in the mirror and say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. And then you, once you realize who you are, what God has called you to do, then you're going to talk, you're going to tap into the grace of God. And once you tap into the grace, you're going to walk out of poverty. And so, so no, the answer to poverty is not money. The answer to poverty is the word of God and the church said, amen. All right. Number two, if you want to level up, you should level up in this, in every area of giving, but here's an area of giving that we should make sure that we're leveling up in is tithing. Uh, for whatever reason, there's some people, and I went in this series and I taught you tithing was in the old Testament. Tithing is in the new Testament. Tithing was before the law. Tithing was after the law. So please don't tell me that tithing died or stopped with the law. That's ridiculous. I mean, just look at, look at the word. So anyway, tithing is about honoring God. So tithing is about honoring God. Tithing is about uh, uh, putting your money in covenant with God. I've been studying the Bible for 26 years, solid 26 years. And, and it is my conviction from what I understand from the word of God, that you're not even giving a free will offering until you give the tithe. Like, like you, you, you don't even start giving until after the 10%. The first 10% is what the Lord instructs us uh, that we should give to put in uh, our money in covenant with him. So the, so the first 10% is just me saying, look, look, father, you're my Lord. Right. And so the, uh, I'm, my money is in everything that I have is in covenant with you. And so I'm going to honor you in the area of my finances. So the first 10% and, and, and is always the first, not just 10%, but the first 10% I'm honoring the Lord with it. I'm putting my, my money in covenant with God. Let me explain it this way. Some people say, well, um, you know, let's, let's, let me just say it this way, I guess. God, there are people that love God that don't have God involved in every area of their lives. There are people that love God, but they, they don't want to talk about, you know, God being involved in their physical body. Like, you know, as it relates to like their diet and exercise, they love God, but they have, they eat bad stuff and, and they don't take care of their bodies. So God is not involved in their body. And when they get sick, it's like, God is like, well, I've been trying to, Holy Spirit has been telling you what to do and what to eat and what, and, but you're not doing it. Right. So I'm not involved. There's some people that don't get God, God involved in their work. It's like, okay, God is like Sunday and Wednesday, but not Monday through Friday at work kind of stuff. And so if God, if you don't get God involved in your work, then God won't be involved in your work because he's just not going to force himself upon you, right? It, there's some people that don't get God involved in their marriage or don't get God involved in their children, whatever the case. There's some people that don't get God involved in some area of their life. And if you keep God out, he will remain out because he will never force himself upon you. A anything that you do that you bring God in, it has to be an act of your free will, right? God wants, it would never be submission or surrender if you're not inviting God in. And so it has to be an invocation, it has to be an invitation. You need to invite God in. So in understanding that point, listen, there are many people that love God, good people, 
that don't involve God in their finances. They just don't. And so they'll come to, to church and they'll be, hey, you come to the altar for prayer. Hey, Brother Pena, can you pray with me? I need a breakthrough. I need a financial breakthrough. You know, I, I need God to come through for my business. I need God to come through for my, whatever. Okay, praise God. God is our source. I mean, of course we can pray that. But can I ask you a question real quick? What's that? Are you a tither? Because I want to know, like, you know, you know what I'm setting my faith in agreement with. Oh, people don't like that question. Uh, now, people that are tithers, be like, yeah, I'm cool with that. But but the reason why people don't like that question is because it puts the spotlight on your responsibility. See, you have to participate in your own prosperity. Let me say that again. You have to participate in your own prosperity. God has set up a system. The whole earth functions on a system of seed, time, and harvest, on sowing and reaping, on the free will of humans. And so we are free moral agents. God will allow whatever we allow. God will permit whatever we permit. So if we don't get God involved in the area of our finances, and tithing is a good way to do it, then guess what? God just won't be involved. Tithing is about giving God first place. Proverbs 3 verses 8 and 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first part of your harvest. Then your barns are going to be full of grain. Then your barrels are going to be overflowing with wine. So tithing is not just about 10%, but it's the first 10%. And when you honor the Lord, you're saying, God, I'm just making you first in every area of my life. I'm honoring you. Tithing is not something I've got to do. It's something I get to do. It's a privilege. It's an honor. Say amen to that. And let me just say this last thing on tithing. Um, uh, everything that you have came from God anyway. So like the, the first 10%. So don't act like it's, oh, it's, you know, everything that you have came from God anyway. All God is doing is, all we're doing when we give back to God is we're giving from what he already gave to us. Uh, in, in first Chronicles chapter 29, King David, he raised this offering and, and it was an amazing offering. And there was gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and precious stones of many colors and marble and other things. And all of this was given unto the Lord for the building of the temple. And then David said, listen, all these things, this is first Chronicles 29 and 14. All these things didn't come from me or from our people. Listen, all these things came from you. All we're doing God is giving back to you from what you gave to us. That's it. All we're doing is saying, listen, I want to acknowledge the fact that 100% came from God. And so I want to honor you, Father, with the first 10% because 100% came from you anyway. And so all I'm doing is honoring you with what you blessed me with. And the church said, amen. All right, number three. I'm, I'm being matter of fact about this because we got to get over this thing. This is an area where we have to level up. We have to level up financially so that we can fund the kingdom projects around the world. Say amen to that. All right, number three, leveling up in the area of your offering. So the offering is beyond the 10%. It's above and beyond the 10%. And let's learn about the offering from the widow's might or the widow's offering. Um, so I like to point this out. This is Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. The Bible says in the, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse, beginning at verse 41, Jesus sat near the temple collection box. Jesus sat near where they were collecting the offering. And he watched as people put money into it. For real? Jesus was watching what they put in the offering. Many rich people put in a lot of money. Then a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth less than a penny. The Bible says worth less than a penny. Jesus called his followers together and said, listen, let's, let's take this as an opportunity to have an object lesson. I'm going to teach you something. What is that? He said, this poor widow put in only two small coins, but the truth is she gave more than the rich people. They was like, for real? 
Yeah, because they have plenty. They gave out of what they don't need. This woman is very poor and she gave everything she had. It was money that she needed to live on. Those two small copper coins, she needed that money. And so she gave it. She gave out of what she needed and she gave 100%. So let's learn something about the situation. First of all, Jesus paid attention to what people gave. I want you to let that sink in for a minute. Jesus paid attention to what people were giving. All right. Next thing, Jesus was not happy with people who only gave what they did not need, even though it doesn't matter the size they were giving. If, if it doesn't move, you it's not going to move God, <laughs> right? So it doesn't matter the amount. It doesn't matter how many zeros are on the check. If it doesn't move, you it's not moving God. And so, so it doesn't, if it doesn't mean much to you, it's not going to mean much to God. And so, so they gave out of their overflow and it didn't even bother them. It didn't matter how much they were given. This woman didn't give 10%. This woman gave a hundred percent. Let me say that again. This woman didn't give 10%. This woman gave a hundred percent. She gave what she needed to live on. And Jesus did not say, stop. Let's stop the offering. Take the two little, matter of fact, let's take some more money. Let's give it to this lady. No, he didn't say that. Jesus didn't say, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come here, mother. You don't have to do that. It's okay, baby. You don't have to give. No, she could not afford to give. Look at me. Look at me. She could not afford to give. Therefore, she could not afford not to give. Let me say that again. She could not afford to give. So from Jesus's perspective, she could not afford not to give. She, she, Jesus was like, no, 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 no. I can't stop this woman from giving because the whole earth functions on a system of seed, time, and harvest on sowing and reaping on the free will of humans. Jesus was like, no, I'm, I'm applauding this woman. She didn't do anything wrong. I'm applauding this woman because she put seed in the ground. Now, if it happened today, people would be like, oh, that church is taking advantage of poor people. That church is taking advantage of this poor little lady. They should not have let her do that. They should have gave her the money back. But you can't give her the money back because watch this. Watch this. Jesus was saying, no, she just put seed in the ground. My father, who's the Lord of the harvest, is going to see to it that she reaps a harvest on every seed sown. This woman was trusting God as a source. And so Jesus was like, no, I have to applaud this woman because she's believing God. She gave what she needed to live on. And so my father, I know my father is not going to let her down. And so Jesus celebrated this woman and was saying that, listen, this is more important. This is a lesson that we need to learn here, that there's a, a giving that is above the tithe. It's free will offering. And we give it from our heart. And even when we give out of our necessity, God will never be in debt to us. God will make sure that we reap a harvest on every seed sown. Uh, one of the things that my, uh, my pastors taught apostle Cynthia Brazelton said something about this, uh, that really blessed me, uh, was that for you to get the revelation of, of giving, you got to know the difference between a harvest and an inheritance. And I think people kind of get this mixed up in Romans eight verses 16 and 17. Uh, the Bible says for the Holy spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, the Holy Spirit says, you are God's beloved child. And since we are God's true children, we qualify for all of his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs with God, joint heirs with Jesus, and we qualify to inherit everything that he has. Now, I think we mix up harvest with inheritance. Inheritance comes because of who I am. Harvest comes because of what I sow. Those are not the same things. And so, yes, on the spiritual side, Jesus qualified you, 
right? On the spiritual side, you, there's nothing you can do. You're not righteous because of what you do. You're not righteous because of what you failed to do. You're only righteous because of what Jesus did. Got it. So, so you have an, a spiritual inheritance. There's nothing you can do about it. You have a spiritual inheritance. You're not working for it. You're not trying to earn it. You're not trying to deserve it. None of that. But inheritance is not harvest. Harvest comes off of sowing and reaping. So your inheritance has nothing to do with what you do. Your harvest has everything to do with what you sow. And so if you sow little, this is all Bible. If you sow little, you're going to reap little. If you sow much, you're going to reap much. And I think people confuse inheritance with harvest. Now, inheritance is you're going to heaven. But harvest means I can reap a harvest now so I can be a conduit of kingdom finance while I'm in this world. Those are two different things. So yes, you can be born again, love God, go to heaven, all of that, but still be miserable down here in the area of your finances because you don't sow seed. Say amen to that. So don't, don't eat your seed. Make sure you sow your seed. And, and for the sake of time, I just summarize this. Second Corinthians chapter nine, read verses six through 10. But in there, you're gonna see that the size of your, of your seed is gonna impact the size of your harvest. If you don't like your harvest, you need to check your seed. Also, when God, he will minister seed for sowing. He ministers bread for eating. So there's some things that you're supposed to enjoy, bread for eating. There's some seed that you're supposed to sow. Don't eat your seed. God ministers seed for sowing, and then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. Say amen to that. All right, lastly, number four, and I'll release you. Uh, last thing for today, leveling up your giving in the area of giving to the poor or giving to the less fortunate. Uh, the Bible says that the poor you're going to have with you always. At the end of the day, there's a lot of reasons. I taught on this in the series. There's a lot of reasons why people are in the situation that they're in. Uh, I'm not going to get into that today, but let me just share three scriptures that Solomon, the richest man to ever live that he wrote. Uh, he said this under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Solomon said, Proverbs 18 and 27, whoever gives to the poor is going to have plenty. Proverbs 19 and 17, giving help to the poor is like, loaning money to the Lord and the Lord is going to pay you back. And then Proverbs 22 and verse nine, the Bible says generous people will be blessed because they share their food with the poor. Listen, it comes down to compassion. Like if yeah, tithing is good. Sowing into ministry is good. Giving offering is good, but giving to the poor is good too. It comes down to compassion. It comes down to, to operating in the love of God and in the compassion and the empathy that the Holy Spirit will give you where you, where you know you're blessed, you have overflow and there are people that don't have. And so, so yeah, while the answer to, to poverty is not giving them money or giving them food, the answer to poverty is the word, but still let's give them some food first. And then we could talk to them about the word. How about that? <laughs> and so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Uh, this was a quick summary uh, about leveling up in the area of your finances. And now I want you to declare this over your life. Say this, say, Father, I know it's your will that I prosper in every area of my life. I was not born to fail. I was born to succeed. However, I now realize that true success is only found in my divine purpose. To complete my purpose, I must make the most of the time that I have on this planet. So on this planet, you said money answers all things. Therefore, I declare that I have a right relationship with money. I don't pursue money. I don't pursue things. I pursue you. 
And when I do, you see to it that everything I need pursues me. I honor you with the first 10% of all my income. I give free will offerings beyond that. I financially support ministries that are accomplishing your plans on this planet. And I freely give to the less fortunate. I am a conduit of kingdom finance. You fund kingdom projects all over the world through me. I level up financially in 2021. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. Don't you want these notes? Todaysword.org. Click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox on a daily basis. Listen, I love you. God loves you too. I want you to level up in every area and let's renew your mind. If you have, if you're struggling with this area, you got to see yourself the way God sees you. So you can become a conduit of kingdom finance on this planet. Have an amazing day. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.